we are repentant. We are grateful. We are redeemed. We are prayerful. We are First Baptist Church. Both here in the sanctuary and in our TV congregation, welcome everybody. It's good to be here with you. One of the ancient rites or ordinances that we observe is that of baptism by which a person, a woman, man, boy, girl says, I am a disciple of Jesus Christ, crucified and risen, and I will live for him together in the fellowship of the church for the rest of my days. And that's what we're here to observe this morning. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that we can gather and that we're willing to gather to seek you, to sing about you, to encourage one another and to hear from you, and also to observe people growing in their faith, Lord, whether it be ourselves or those around us. We thank you that we can do that through baptism this morning. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. I want you to meet someone this morning, and this is my friend Chad Matlock. And Chad, you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Is that right? Yes, I have. You have believed that he is the Son of God, that he is crucified and risen, coming again, and that you want to follow him as the Lord and leader of your life for the rest of your days, correct? Yes, sir. All right. On your profession of faith in Jesus Christ, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is a joyful thing, a joyful thing. Amen, indeed. Good morning. Welcome to worship. We have already begun worship. Amen? Amen. So as we continue to do so, let me call your attention to Isaiah 58, 9 through 12 and verse 14. As we prepare to worship through our singing, you follow along as I read. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry and he will say, here I am. If you remove the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness, and if you give yourself to the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then your light will rise in the darkness and your gloom will become like midday. And the Lord will continually guide you. Listen to that again. And the Lord will continually guide you and satisfy your desire in scorched places and give strength to your bones and you will be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Those from among you will rebuild the ancient ruins. You will raise up the age-old foundations and you will be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets in which to dwell. Then you will take delight in the Lord and I will make you ride on the heights of the earth. And I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Amen. May that be our prayer that God will guide us. Hymn 56, guide me, O thou great Jehovah. Let me give you a couple of instructions. Verse 2 is arranged a little differently, so the choir is going to take verse 2. You just follow along and worship with us. And then at the very end, I'm going to make you a choir. We're going to sing, sing the ending a little bit longer than what you're used to. Just take a big breath and saddle up, and we're going to do it together. Stand together. Guide me, O thou great Jehovah. 
You did it, everybody. Choir practice is on Wednesday. I'll expect to see you all there. We're going to take a moment to welcome those around us in worship. Before you do, before you do, before you do, before you do, just shake hands. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> he wanted us to fist bump tonight. It's, uh, uh, did you though? I did, I really <laughs> did. Good morning. Welcome to First Baptist Church. We are grateful that you are here. What Aaron was going to ask you to do was to, to be aware that it is flu season and there are many things going around and we might ought to fist bump or elbow bump or wave, um, but since you all shook hands, don't get sick. Um, and use hand sanitizer. We really do, uh, around the, the church, we have hand sanitizer. Uh, we keep those feel, filled intentionally. Uh, use those um, so that we don't pass anything around here, which would be good. No, that wouldn't be good. It'd be good if we didn't pass things around here. <laughs> Next. If you are a visitor with us, we would love to get to know your name. The way we do that is through these cards. Uh, they should be in the pew back in front of you or on the tables in the balcony. And we'd love for you to put your name on there and put it in the offering plate at the end of the service so we can get to know you. Now today we begin a new study, a study in the book of Daniel. So we start with Daniel chapter 1 today, and we're going to have a fantastic study on faith as we work through Daniel. You know, one of the things that we recognize as we gather today that, you know, it doesn't um, matter how rough things get in this world, our God is still in control. And it doesn't matter the pain that we have faced or we will face, our God is greater. In fact, it doesn't matter what stands in front of us, it doesn't matter what comes next because our God is greater and our God is good. And whatever we have faced in the previous week and whatever we will face in the coming week, we will have faith and trust our Lord God above that he's going to take care of us, his children. So let's pray together. Father, we come before you this morning recognizing your holiness. Lord, we, we have seen how you have come and nurtured us all along the way. And for all that you have done in the person of the Christ, in the work of the Spirit, Lord, we praise your holy name. And there's not one of us in this room who deserves any glory, but the glory is all given unto you. And so this morning, Lord, as we gather, we lift up your name and your name alone. It is to you that we shout for joy and sing praises. And it's in the name of our Lord and risen Savior that we pray. Amen. We continue now to look again at Isaiah for this word as we consider um, how the Lord has spoken through us this week. I hope you've been reading Daniel. Um, it's such a rich study. We have much to look forward to these next several weeks as we, we dig into Daniel. Read every day 
and we come together on, on Sunday in our Bible studies and in worship, gathering around the same text. It is a privilege. So listen to Isaiah 44, 24 to 26. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, and the one who formed you from the womb, I, the Lord, am the maker of all things, stretching out the heavens by myself and spreading out the earth all alone, causing the omens of boasters to fail, making fools out of the diviners, causing wise men to draw back and turning their knowledge into foolishness, confirming the word of his servant and performing the purpose of his messengers. It is I who says of Jerusalem, she shall be inhabited, and of the cities of Judah, they shall be built, and I will raise up her ruins again. Let's continue to worship. Hymn 571 is let others see Jesus in you, and that is certainly Daniel's testimony. He was going to be true to his God regardless of his situation. Let's stand together and sing.
may be seated. Amen. Children, come on down. Come meet me right down here. We're grateful for all of you watching on television this morning as well. Thank you for, for being with us and being a part of our congregation. We're grateful. Good morning. Come on down, everybody. We're glad you're here. Hey, we got a couple more coming. Come on down, come on down. So, first things first this morning, I'm, I'm going to ask you a question, and I want you to just raise your hand, okay? So, you're not going to answer out loud, you're just going to raise your hand in just a minute. So, how many of you have ever moved? Has anybody ever moved? Yeah, a lot of us have moved before. How many of you have ever moved to a different city? Have you ever moved to a different city? Has anybody ever moved to a different state? Some of us? Oh, I have too. Has anybody, now this is not me, has anybody here ever moved to a different country? Wow. Yeah, I think you've been all over, haven't you? All right, let me, let me ask you, what is the hardest thing? And so some of you have been through it. Some of you have been through this before, but what, what do you think is, or what did you experience is, what's, what's hard about moving when you have to move? Let me ask over here, what's hard about having to move? So tired. You get tired, yeah, it's a lot of work. What else? Yeah, you have to make new friends, right? You have to lose your friends. What, what else? You have to drive really far. You have to drive really far. Yeah, what else? Yeah, I got to go to a new school. Yeah, you have to go to a new school. Yeah, what else? You have to pack a lot. You have to pack everything. Yeah, what, what's hard about moving? Yeah, you leave it behind or you pack it up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, and all the different people. Yeah, yeah. You have to go to a different school. Yeah, it's hard to move, isn't it? You know, one of the things I want you to listen for in the start. Oh, yeah, I got another one. What? Um, and you have to get into your car seat. Yeah, you got to get in your car seat. Every time we go somewhere, we have to get into our car seat. You have to leave the home that you grew up in. Yeah, and sometimes we have to leave the home we grew up in, don't we? I'm yeah. five years old. Man. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, one more. Yeah, you have to get up early. One of the things I want you to listen for in the sermon today is they had Israel and Daniel that we're studying about had to leave the home that he grew up in. And it was really hard, and it was terrible circumstances. But no matter what, as he had to move and leave the home that he grew up in, he still trusted his God. In fact, whenever he was nervous or worried or scared or needed something, he would get on his knees and he would pray. In fact, Daniel was known for praying all the time. And so whenever we get nervous or worried or scared, what we need to do is go directly to our God and ask him for help. And he's with us, and he's for his children. Okay? Let's pray together, and we'll go. Father, we thank you for this time together. Lord, you are good and kind. And Lord, we pray that as we study the book of Daniel, Lord, you would teach us who you are. And Lord, help us better understand who we are. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Thank you all. It's good to see you. Good job. Thank you. Are you four and a half?
Amen. So as Pastor just said, and, and as we've already read all week long, uh, Daniel was faithful. And so as we prepare to hear from, um, from Pastor Chris this morning, let this be our prayer. In my life, in my song, in your church, Lord, be glorified. Let's stand together. Hymn 457.
Amen. If you would, find your listening sheet. It looks like this. It should be in your bulletin. We're going to read together Daniel chapter 1, uh, 17 through 21. Let's stand and we'll read aloud. This, then, is the text for today. As for these four youths, God gave them knowledge and intelligence in every branch of literature and wisdom. Daniel even understood all kinds of visions and dreams. Then at the end of the days which the king had specified for presenting them, the commander of the officials presented them before Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, and out of all of them, not one was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's personal service. As for every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king consulted them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and conjurers who were in all his realm. And Daniel continued until the first year of Cyrus the king. May God bless the reading of his word. The current state of affairs for Daniel and Hananiah and Mishael and Azariah is as bad as it gets. Jeremiah could see it coming and bore the brunt of it. Ezekiel, too, it was awful. We, we don't grasp how bleak it was for all of Israel in 605 B.C. It's hard for us to comprehend the full picture of devastation from just Daniel chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. But that's certainly the scene that has been set. In Daniel chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, you see that total destruction has come upon Israel, Judah, and Jerusalem. In those initial verses, we learn that Babylon has destroyed them. Babylon has destroyed the temple of God and has pilfered the sacred. But you know, this sounds so tidy. It's hard for, for the written word to convey the utter destruction of war. Israel didn't lose just a few things here and there. 2 Kings 25 tells us that Babylon cut off the supply of food, and they began to shrink and shrivel, and people began to starve, and upon starvation, the army of Babylon came in and annihilated them. And as they came in to annihilate them, they began to burn Jerusalem to the ground. left smoldering ashes. It happened at every major city, complete destruction. Most of the people were slaughtered by the invading army, and the ones who weren't were deported to Babylon as prisoners of war. And this is where we meet Daniel. Now there were some left behind, and they were left behind to die. As Lamentations describes the aftermath of the invasion, it was horrifying. And let me give you the, the nice way to put it, the PG way of putting it, was that it got so bad that mothers had to resort to cannibalism in order to survive. 
You know, we're doing a disservice to the text if we sugarcoat this. This time around 600 B.C. was as bad as it could get for a people. I mean, it looks as though, as you read through these texts, it looks as though God is done. It looks as though Judaism is done. It looks as though Israel has been wiped off the map. It looks as though the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is dead. The nation of God, the people of God, the temple of God are wiped out. There's nothing but smoldering ruins. If God is who he says he is, how could God let this kind of thing happen to his chosen people? But you know, if you, you skip ahead to the New Testament, and in fact, if we look towards Easter, you see a similar scenario. Because when we get to Easter, it, it looks like the Roman authorities have won as they whip Jesus Christ and they force him towards Golgotha, as they nail him to the cross, it looks as though they have won. It looks as though Christianity is done. It looks as though the Son of God is dead. But life was on the other side of the tomb. Jesus came out of the grave, and Israel outlived Babylon. You know, it does still make you wonder, though, why would God allow such awful things to happen to good people? In fact, when we're reading through Daniel, we get to Daniel chapter 6, and Daniel was as faithful as any of them. Daniel's praying three times a day, even though he's been ripped from his home as a POW. Uh, Daniel, he doesn't flinch. He, ju he just keeps praying. He keeps on his knees daily before the Lord. How could God allow these kinds of things to happen to his people? How could he allow these kinds of things to happen to Daniel of all people? If you go back, go back to 1 Kings, 2 Kings, it started with the leadership. Because as you, as you go back and look through the books of 1 Kings and 2 Kings, over and over again, it says the kings of Israel and the kings of Judah were evil in the sight of the Lord. In fact, you hear that refrain over and over again. Read 1 Kings, read 2 Kings. This king was evil in the sight of the Lord. That king was evil in the sight of the Lord. It keeps naming them evil in the sight of the Lord, evil in the sight of the Lord, evil in the sight of the Lord. And we wonder how they got there. Now, there, there was a couple of good ones along the way. Maybe 20% maybe were okay, but 80% were evil, and it was contagious. So much so that the, the children of God became selfish, entitled brats. But you consider the four different texts with me. They're, they're on your listening sheet. I'm, I'm going to just run through them quickly. We get to 2 Kings 24. 2, Twing, 2 Kings 24 says that God is very much alive. God is very much alive in this act that this brutality that Israel has known was the wrath of God poured out on Israel because of their sin and because of their violence. Jeremiah 13 keeps the same word. It says that the, the children of Israel were so proud and so stubborn that Jeremiah calls them good for nothing. And he calls them good for nothing, he says, because they refused to listen to God. 
God's word was there. God's word was calling out to them, and they said no. They refused to listen and will be destroyed for it. Ezekiel 14 says the same thing. Ezekiel 14 says Israel is going to bear the full punishment of God because they will not follow him. God has laid out his word. God has laid out his path. And he has called Israel to a certain way. And they refuse to go where God has called them. And when they refuse to go where God called them, God brought destruction upon the nation. God brought destruction upon the people. In fact, let's look at, at Daniel chapter 9. I'll read that one. Daniel chapter 9, if you'll flip with me, verses 7 through 11. Hear this same word. Righteousness belongs to you, O Lord, but to us open shame. This is Daniel talking about Israel. Us open shame, as it is to this day to the men of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, all Israel, those who are nearby and those who are far away in all the countries to which you have driven them, and listen, because of their unfaithful deeds, which they have committed against you, open shame belongs to us, O Lord, to your kings, our princes, our fathers, because we have sinned against you. To the Lord our God belong compassion and forgiveness. Daniel's not blaming God, is he? Keep going. For we have rebelled against him. In verse 10, nor have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his teachings which he set before us through his servants, the prophets. In verse 11, indeed all Israel has transgressed your law and turned aside not obeying your voice, so the curse has been poured out upon us. Along with the oath which is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, for we have sinned against him. God was not dead, nor was God absent. Your country and your sanctuary have been annihilated. But it wasn't by the Babylonians. This was the terror of the Lord who came to purify his people and purify his land by the fiery wrath of heaven. But it didn't have to be this way. In fact, as you work through it, God gave them warning after warning. God gave them numerous ways out. You see, the wrath of God is a consuming fire that will melt you in an instant. But this consuming fire of God is extinguished by his grace. There was always a way out by God's grace. It was as true for them as it is for us. There is a way out by the grace of God. The grace of God is set for his children and says, come with me. And so I encourage you to, to go back and, and read Jeremiah chapter 5, read Jeremiah chapter 8, read Jeremiah chapter 15. It's speaking to all of these things. And in Jeremiah 5 and 8 and 15, God says, here is your way out if only you would but take it. Here is your way out if only you would but follow me. And God says the same thing in Ezekiel 14 and Ezekiel 18. Go back and read them. Read these passages, and you will find the way out. Not only the way out for them, but the way out for us. Because it's, it's the exact same message of the New Testament. We've been there before. It's the first word of Jesus' ministry in Matthew chapter 4. It's the word that Peter gave after Pentecost, after the Holy Spirit sweeps through the congregation. It's the same word. It's the same word that, that Paul gave when King Agrippa asked him, what do you say when you go to these places? 
It's the same message that Jesus gave five of the churches in the book of Revelation. He said, you want to know how to prepare for the coming of the Christ again? If you want to know what's next, here is the word, here is the way that you need to know. Let's look at it in, in Jeremiah 15. Jeremiah 15, verses 6 and 7. This is how Jeremiah describes the way out. This is how he describes the current situation that Israel has found themselves in. Uh, Jeremiah 15, verse 6. You who have forsaken me, declares the Lord, you keep going backward. So I'll stretch out my hand against you and destroy you. I am tired of relenting. I will winnow them with a winnowing fork. At the gates of the land, I will bereave them of children. I will destroy my people. They did not repent of their ways. God is giving them warning after warning to repent and return unto him, and they refused. Israel refused to repent. You see, God, God is only going to give you so many chances to repent. Eventually, the, you will bear the terrifying pain of your own choices. Eventually, you're going to see the wrath of God in your life. You see, we, we, could, we could blame God for Israel's destruction and the unbearable pain that they had to endure in these days. But God gave them a way out, just like he's given you a way out. Listen how Ezekiel describes it. Let's turn over to Ezekiel 18. Ezekiel 18, 30 through 32. Therefore, I will judge you, O house of Israel, according each to his conduct, declares the Lord. Repent and turn from all your transgressions so that the iniquity may not become a stumbling block to you. Cast away from you all your transgressions which you have committed and make yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. For why will you die, O house of Israel? I have no pleasure in the death of anyone who dies, declares the Lord God. Therefore, repent and live. See, that's the message of God for them. Repent and live. Re repent and life will come upon the nation. Life will come to the temple. Life will come to you. I mean, what else do we need to say? Repent and live. Now, as this story has unfolded, God is making a name for himself here. Because all along the way, God's children have squandered the opportunities that God has given them. And as they have squandered those opportunities, they have brought ruin under the name of God. It's not glory they're bringing under his name. In fact, it's pain and hurt. They're tearing the name of God down as they've gone their own ways. So God came in to make a name for himself, for those hearts who were receptive. Even in the exile, God, God does an incredible work. You know, as you look through Daniel chapter 1, and I, ho I hope you read all of it this week, God's name comes up a few times all through the text. You know, I've, I found it quite remarkable, though, that as, as I was reading this week, that even in the midst of, of the destruction and the diaspora, Daniel kept the faith. Daniel was still praying. Daniel was still following the word of the Lord no matter what happened. 
But as you read down through Daniel chapter 1, it wasn't Daniel, was it? It was God. God is the one who, who gave Daniel favor with the Babylonians. God, God was the one who gave them the wisdom and the intelligence they need to rise up in the ranks. It was God who sustained Daniel for 70 years. In fact, when we get to, to the end of chapter 1, it's, it's chapter 1, verse 21, and an unthinkable, ha an unthinkable thing happens. God favors Daniel in such a way that Daniel outlives the Babylonians. The last verse of chapter 1 is telling us the end. It's telling us the end of Daniel, and it's telling us the end of this story. In the end, the Babylonians crumble to the Persians, and Daniel is left standing. And he's not left standing because he's Daniel. He's left standing because he is the Lord's. When the Babylonians are conquered by the Persians, Daniel is right there in the power and will of God. You know, as we read down through that, it would be real easy for us to surmise that, that Daniel outlived the Babylonians because he ate well or because he took time for himself, or because he was a hard worker, or because he was intelligent, or because he was good-looking. But that's not what Daniel chapter 1 says, is it? Daniel chapter 1 plainly and clearly tells us, now God was at work. In the faithful, God was at work. Even in the punishment of the nation, God was still at work in his children, building them up for something holy building them up for the glory of his name and for his purposes and for his ways. God was at work. See, the right combination of diet and hard work is not going to save you. There's many of us who live our lives that way, thinking if we get the diet right or we look right or we have enough information that we are going to be able to save ourselves. But that just isn't the case. There's only one who can save your soul from utter destruction. There's only one who can save your soul from the fires of wrath. There's only one who can save your soul from the pain of this earth, and that is God himself. You're never going to be able to save yourself from anything. You're not, you're not capable, but God is. God has offered you a way out. Are we going to take it this morning? I'm going to read one more time Ezekiel chapter 18. Ezekiel 18, 30 through 32, because the word for us today is not different than the word he left for Israel back then. Ezekiel 18, verse 30. Therefore, I will judge you, O house of Israel, according each to his conduct, declares the Lord. Repent and turn away from all your transgressions so that iniquity may not become a stumbling block to you. Cast away from you all your transgressions which you have committed and make for yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of anyone who dies, declares the Lord. Therefore, repent and live. See, the word for us this morning is that the relentless wrath of God is still real. And even as it stands, even as the judgment of God stands, the crucifixion is so. Because we understand in this place, it's by the crucifixion of Jesus Christ that we have been given a way out. As we look forward towards Easter, 
and the resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ. He is our risen Savior. He is our way out. And it's because of his sacrifice that we even have one more opportunity to repent and to live. So may that be so in this place this morning. Repent and live. Let's pray together. Father, we come before your holy throne as a people in need of a risen Savior. We pray that in this place this morning we would experience the Christ, that he would chisel his way into our hardened hearts and bring respite. Lord, that wherever we, we find ourselves this morning in the pain of life, Lord, by your Spirit, may we cling to your way out. So we pray asking that your Spirit would move in a mighty way in this place. Lord, that you, you would redeem and restore your children. It's in the name of our Lord and risen Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. We're going to have our, our time of response now, like we do every week. And we expect everybody in here to be obedient unto the Lord in response. I'm trying to find my listening sheet. There's a few ways on the bottom of your listening sheet. Maybe one of those ways God is calling you to respond. The altar is open. Uh, come, come down and pray and use the altar in prayer. I'll be down front. Uh, Brian will be down front. If you want to come speak with us about accepting Christ or being a part of the church, this, this is the time to do that. And as we come, we're going to sing and we're going to give. And we're going to do it in obedience to the Lord. Let's stand and respond.
continue to worship, we're going to do so now through our giving. You may be seated, but, but please continue to worship.
Amen. I have several things for you this morning uh, for our life together. Uh, two of them for today. And one of those is this afternoon we have our next area fellowships. And this is where we go out into the community and we have church in one another's homes. And so we hope you can go online and hopefully there is a home in your area of town. If not, maybe you need to start one. And we'll, um, we sign up and we have those in the afternoon, so make sure you know what time you are meeting this, this evening or afternoon. There's another thing that's happening today that you need to be aware of, and we hope that you'll come with us. One of the great privileges and joys of being a part of this church is we've had a number of international congregations that have been with us. And some of those international congregations in the last couple of years, we have been setting out on their own as church plants, and they've been flourishing in that way. And so today we have a new one. Um, we will be um, losing some of our own to a church plant, um, but we're so grateful for their opportunity to grow together. And so today at 3 o'clock, we will be dedicating and commissioning our Corinne Church. And so this is going to happen at 1910 Callahan at 3 p.m. today. And so if you want to come with us to pray over them and commission them, please come. It's at 1910 Callahan at United by Grace uh, Baptist Church. Now there's also something else new that is coming tomorrow that you need to be aware of. So with our new Bible study... Um, you'll notice that we change the everyday prayer. So the everyday prayer is where we blog, all of our, or many of our pastors will blog every day on the passage for the week. On Mondays, there's a video where Brian, Aaron, and I do a video about this week's text. So tomorrow, that video will be on there about Daniel chapter 2, but there will be a second video on there as well. And this second video is an introduction to Daniel. It's a 30-minute introduction to Daniel, the three of us living out the text together. And we have fun doing it. So we, we hope you'll, you'll watch it uh, and give us some feedback. In fact, I think we have a little bit of a teaser um, for that as well. to inform you, we fed Brian to the lions when we, and it looked like we thought it might, so we're, no, we're glad you're here, Brian. Next Sunday, March 8th as well, you need to be aware, we, we've, we've started a new class on those that have recently become members, or if you're thinking about becoming a member of our church. It's a discovery class where we talk about who we are what we do, what we believe. And you'll get some time with myself and other ministers. You'll get lunch. In fact, it starts at 8.40 a.m. Uh, with a tour of the church and then goes through lunch, and we have some time after lunch together. And so we want you to be a part of that. Um, and you sign up, and we need you to RSVP uh, at our website slash discover. And um, it's going to be a good time together next Sunday, so we'll hope you'll come and be a part of that. Uh, you'll see in front of me the flowers today. They're given to the glory of God and in honor of Eleanor Chu's 80th birthday. And so we thank the Lord for her. 
Yeah, praise the Lord for her. That's right. And we also have, we have all kinds of new things happening this morning. Another new thing is we had a, a gracious gift from a family who wanted to donate today's TV broadcast to the glory of God and in honor of David and Jane Knowlton. And so we, we praise the Lord for that as well. Now, Brian, would you come? We have a couple coming to join this morning. I'm happy to be here. I really am. <laughs> If you fed me the lions, I was regurgitated. Okay. Um, <laughs> this morning, everybody, we have Antonio Jackson uh, coming for membership, for baptism, actually, as a believer in Jesus Christ. Yeah, come stand with Antonio. And, and like, like Brian said, he, he's coming down to join and coming down for baptism. If you look forward in walking in faith with Antonio, would you say amen? And we love you. We love you. That's right. Amen. And also this morning, Shelly Windsor comes. Shelly, come up. Uh, joining by yeah, yeah, statement right, here at our church. Yeah, y'all come stand next to Shelly. Come in, come in around her. If, if you look forward in walking in faith with Shelly, would you say amen? Amen. And we love, we you. love you. That's and, that's right. Amen. And also this morning, we do, from time to time, uh, TV watchers who are disabled or otherwise prevented from joining us uh, in person will ask to join in absentia. And we have one of those folks this morning who has asked that. Mary Pagan uh, has asked to join our church. She has been a longtime part of our TV congregation. She's received Christ as her Savior. And uh, she's actually asking to join, to affiliate with this church by watch care. She's not able to be baptized by immersion, and she has not been, but she does want to join by watch care. If you look forward in walking in faith with, with Mary, would you say amen? Amen. And? We love you. That's right. And so, uh, Shelly and Antonio and I will be over at the door after the service. You come by and welcome them into this body of believers. Thanks. So for the next several weeks, our going out hymn will be, He is able to deliver thee. This text comes right from the book of Daniel. It'll be a perfect way to end our services. Let's stand together and sing. bless you.
First Baptist Church has been broadcasting its services of new life and historic faith for 46 years. We would like to ask that you continue to pray with us for this ministry and also for your financial support so that we can continue this ministry for years to come. Thank you.